1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains, of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. The sooner we get back to being who we are, the better we will be, period. And when will that happen? Who knows? Who knows? I told you yesterday something very certain and I'm going to I'm going to break well it's not a rule of mine I hear people use this rule about I told you so but I'm going to tell you what I told you so about here in just a minute I'm C L Bryant this is the C L Bryant show coming to you coast to coast border to border and around the globe via our flagship station Red State, Red State Talk, the largest talk platform in the nation. And by the way, the most listened to. If you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above iconic. Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there, and o c l s C.L.'s face is looking right back at you there in Times Square, about a block from where we dropped the big ball on New Year's night. Hey, wonder what that's going to look like in uh, the Times 2 Come. Uh, thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Right here on the C. L. Bryan Show daily, even when I'm not here. And you know, he would do things like that sometimes. Um uh, have to do that. And we're about to get back to traveling. I know that we are. We will not be defeated by this, and I certainly hope that we don't let it alter our lifestyles and the way that we approach one another. Of course, it already has done that, but I certainly hope we get back to doing that. I would prefer to be optimistic, the glass half full with this, than to be pessimistic. The glass half empty. I have found this to be true in my life. Anyway, those things that I ponder on and think about and dwell upon in a fashion, uh, my mind and my life tends to gravitate toward what you think about and what you believe to be your reality. And um, that's what your life tends to gravitate toward. If you think you're a loser, hey, uh, good chances are, even though you may be successful, you still can be a loser, okay, because that's what you're thinking in America. I don't want us, I certainly don't want us to get into thinking, as I told you yesterday, beware and start looking out for these catchphrases to uh, multiply. They've already been out there. They've been floated out there for quite some time. But now they're beginning to multiply. You have all these former uh, administration heads coming out, uh, like the Food and Drug Administration chief, uh, just former uh, Food and Drug Administration chief, just came out um, and said that what we're experiencing right now, pardon me, may be the new normal. Now, don't allow them to ground that into your head because then if it's going to be the new normal, you will uh, adjust everything to this being the new normal instead of this being something we must get past and get back to what we had come to know as normal, which was good, which was good. We come up with a vaccine that will be good, and it, uh, I understand that Pfizer is getting ready to uh, test on humans, this um, thing they've come up with, and uh, we're, we'll see, but we'll get past this. I, I, I reject totally the attitude uh, that uh, the former FDA chief uh, has to say here because it does not Uh, promote exemplify or take us toward the type of positivity that we're going to need and that is going to be necessary to beat this keep in mind what i have told you america all of you red yellow black white republicans or conservatives there's a faction of people pardon me who are in washington dc I call them Democrats, you may call them something else. I call them leftists, you may call them something else. But there is a faction there, and you can believe this or not, but they get giddy when bad things happen at this point in American time, which is absolutely sick. How can you be so deranged With an idea that an American president is bad, that you are giddy when something happens that is bad to the entire American uh, populace so that you can blame it on him. How deranged is that? Ask yourself that question. How deranged is that? It's as though you haven't lived a life where you have overcome adversity. Americans, there is a faction of people who want you to think that every day is the last day in America if Trump is reelected. That, my friends, is deranged. And I have run into that from my friends, foes, uh, countrymen lending me their ears all around this country who are that deranged. They don't even believe what they're saying. They can't possibly believe what they're saying. Not even Rachel Maddow believes what she's saying. Do you know why I know she doesn't believe what she's saying? Because if you believe that the end of the world is coming, you have better things to do with your time than get things, (laughs) than try to do things in a normal way. If you truly believe that, you don't believe that. You're just talking crap. (laughs) and it's deranged it is so deranged because it doesn't make any sense at all everyone agrees that before this thing happened this president had pulled off the best economy this world had ever seen as far as america is concerned and we'll get back there again it's deranged Our military was strong and our uh, military people were beginning to see the glide in their stride and the burst of American pride that every military person deserves to have in this country because they have a commander in chief who understands what keeps our nation great. Yeah, unemployment was at record lows all across the board. It's, you're deranged. <laughs> and, and and let me show you how deranged some of my very good and close friends are. They are so deranged that they will admit that things are going good in these three years, three and a half years that President Trump has been in office, but it's not Trump. <laughs> It was Obama who had eight years to roll back regulations that have caused the economic boom that we have experienced in the past uh, three and a half years. He had eight years to do it. He didn't. Uh, black kids, black people, Latinos, women suffered. People were talking about how it was so tough to find a job even though Barack had, had been elected president of the United States. Black folks knew That if you had a job, you better keep it. And he had eight years to turn that around. And the, the turnaround was as simple as what the president that won the election after him did. And that was to open up the American floodgate and let American business do business. That's what this president did. The economy turned around. It was booming. It never happened in eight years under Obama. It never happened. And to show you how deranged people are. They don't take into account what I've just told you. That in eight years he never made a dent, any significance, in the American economy in a progress in a positive way. Not a dent. What happened with Obama? Uh, if that uh, is true, if there was any movement. As far as growth was concerned, had nothing to do with him. You can say that was Bush, if you're going to give the credit to Obama for Trump's soaring numbers. <laughs> but no, we all know that the policy determines the outcome in any administration. And the the first thing that happened was that... Trump turned around the Obama policies and the nation began, the economy began to boom. So get over the derangement, please. Get over it. Had to come at you today like that because so many of you are beginning to be lulled in to the Rachel Maddow world. Into the Chris Matthews world. And when you're in that world, all you're doing is waiting for somebody to come along and send a thrill up your thigh, up your leg. Like this Chris Matthews. And you vote for them because of the thrill up your leg. <laughs> but there's no rationale behind that. No, it's just not, not rational. Okay. Okay. So, don't buy into this may be the new normal. That's the mindset that you uh, are to be in. (laughs) Get over it and break out of it. Let's roll forward. Now, understand this. Uh, Dr. Marlene McMillan is coming up after the... Um, bottom of the hour, in the bottom of the hour, you don't want to miss that. She's going to be here with me. And um, friends, uh, that's going to be a great 30 minutes of conversation with her. And then after uh, she would have come, I'm going to have on with me a doctor who is renowned His name is Dr. Dennis Durrell, and um, he's a medical doctor, and he is um, newly, he's going to bring us some information about a newly FDA-approved drug, Uh, the recent developments that are going on from a medical professional's perspective um, on COVID-19. Um also we um want to just get uh his forecast on the reopening of our nation. Yeah, Dr. Um, Dennis Darul Darul Durrell will be with me. And um, I certainly want to be, be be clear that there is another side of the coin. And, and I don't blame the president whatsoever for not allowing Dr. Fauci to go up to that circus of Maxine Waters committee members, you know, to answer questions about this virus. The president is right. That's a setup. He's right to send Fauci to a more hospitable environment to answer whatever tough questions we're going to need to hear. But we do not want to give, or do we? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Think about it. If, in fact, Fauci went up to the Hill, to the House, and the Democrats with Maxine Waters leading the charge on this coronavirus panel of House Democrats, if they absolutely tore their behinds, with a guy who is meek, mild, and trying to save lives like Fauci, if they actually tore their behinds on national TV in front of the American people, making this into a political crap show, <laughs> that actually could be a good thing. Nah, yeah, maybe not. It's best just to keep the lives safe because that would be so jaded and and um that is so devious if you were to do that. Because believe me, the Dems would walk right into that trap. They walk right into it. Yes they would. They walk right into it they would they could not they would not be able to help but go on the attack of Fauci because that would be the only way they would have of uh, attacking Trump is to try to make Fauci look like he is a puppet for the president there are people that the president likes to put around him who um Share his worldview, his philosophy, but don't ever make the mistake that any of them are puppets. All of them want to see this president succeed. I want to see this president succeed because when the president of the United States succeeds on policies that make sense, then we succeed as a nation. I wanted to see Barack Obama succeed, but I was against his policies of making us succeed. And the very fact that the economy began to boom once we rolled back his policies, the country began to flourish economically. All of us should be happy about that. Obama could have done it and then been named king for doing it. But his downfall was his own progressive liberal beliefs, which were bad for the country, was bad for black folks, was bad for Latinos, was bad for women, was bad for business. That's the truth of the matter. During the Obama era, young black men were unemployed, black people were suffering badly, Latinos the same way, business startups failing Small business was out of business. And during the rollbacks and the the, the the policies of this administration, that began, once they rolled those Obama policies back, the country began to boom. That's a fact. And this coronavirus took it down. So, we cannot get into this new normal idea that we'll never get back what we just, I mean, what we just lost. We can't be Tom Hanks. Wilson. I'm sorry, Wilson. We can't be that. We can't be Tom Hanks. Thinking that the only thing that has kept us sane throughout all this time. Is floating away. I refuse to believe that. We're not castaways. I'll be back. We're CL. Take around about five minutes and Dr. Marlene McMillan will be joining me here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And uh, she's going to focus in for us on um, um, uh, uh, several things, but one thing in particular. Um, we want her <clears throat> to, to talk to us about the massive re-education uh, that it has taken to get us to where we are uh, have we are we seeing that how How simple is it to do how uh, there's going to be finally here on the show a, a someone who is highly qualified to talk to you about how we were uh, led to comply with such a huge loss of our liberty. You and I are going along with it right now. But how, how did it happen? But more importantly, how do we turn it around? We're going to talk with Dr. Marlene about that, Dr. Marlene McMillan about that uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, mind. And we're going to jump off with that question. I'm going to throw that question at her from the very beginning. We'll jump off with it. And, folks, believe me, that is going to lead. To all types of conversation. And then uh, Dennis uh, Duriel, uh will be with me after uh, the top of the news hour, In the beginning of the next hour. He'll be with me. If you don't get both hours of The CL Bryant Show, download free The CL Bryant Show and uh, come along with me uh, daily. As we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant show and um, uh, coming up here. And well, in fact, we're going to bring her on now. Uh, the eminent uh, an eminent mind in this country, founder, president of the webinar, a fantastic webinar. It is called Why Liberty Matters, and she's going to tell you all about that. Help me welcome back to the show my dear friend and someone who I have incredible respect for, Dr. Marlene McMillan. Welcome back to C.L. Bryant Show.
3: Oh, thank you. It's a joy to be here. I love your audience and just many blessings.
1: Many blessings to you, uh, Dr. Marlene. Now, Dr. Marlene, I I want to get your opinion now uh, to open our conversation. And you're one of the show's favorite. Everybody is familiar with you. But let me open the conversation by asking you to respond to this question. How is it that we have been led to this place where we have given up such a large chunk of our liberty?
3: Okay, that is a great beginning, because naturally, within everyone's heart, all around the world, people want liberty. But they don't really know what it is they're seeking, And so they'll accept freedom or they'll even accept benefits in exchange for what is inalienable. Boy, I didn't say that right. Let's try that again. Okay, what is their right from God, an inalienable right? And so what we have going on is we have generations of people around the world that have been educated to accept tyranny as normal. And because we have been conditioned to that, see, one of the major things that I talk about is called the dialectic process. And this dialectic process is what social engineers use to get us to agree with their language so we agree with their thought. So people were already programmed and accepting of the idea that we need someone else from the outside to tell us what to do and we were programmed so that by education by constant media all these different things to do whatever someone who appears to be an authority over us tells us to do so that's a that's a big subject and i'd like to pursue it more
1: yeah, let's do that, Doc. Let's, let's, let's do that right now. When you talk about the dialectic process, uh, folks, you hear catchphrases, and I, I, warn you about this all the time when you hear phrases like the new normal. Doc, is that, uh, a gateway to controlling, uh, the process of the way you're going to be thinking? Because when, when you attach new normal to it by a, an authoritarian type of figure, is that a way of shifting the dialectic or, or guiding the dialectic process?
3: right because their thinking is based in evolution it is they think in a paradigm meaning it's like a scale like when you get one of those surveys and it says do you you totally disagree do you kind of disagree are you neutral you know or do you really agree well what this is going on is a massive social psychology experiment to see how far people are on the pair sure. uh-huh. what some would call a new world order, what some would just new normal is a redefinition or is the euphemism uh, for the new world order
1: so doctor, when we look at the effects okay, so yeah Go ahead. doc, when we look at the effects of this corona virus. You're saying to us that there is truly a method in the way this uh, has been handled, and it, perhaps even the way that it came up on us, which indicates that there might be something uh, behind the curtain that's a little bit more nefarious than we're seeing on the surface. Uh, clarify for us, talk to us.
3: Okay. All of these things are out in plain sight, and there's books written about this but most people don't pay attention. And there's even a a man named Bernays who was used during World War II. And he wrote a book called Propaganda, and you can still buy it. And basically what they said then is the news could take three weeks. It took three weeks, 21 days, And in 21 days, they could change an enemy to a friend, a friend to an enemy. They could make people uh, basically manipulate the masses, and the masses would think they thought of it themselves. Wow. Now, that's what we have going on now, only with this constant Uh, news cycle where it just changes so quickly, I've actually watched some news presentations recently where in one clip there was a contradiction between what was said at the beginning of it and it all like this is really the truth and we're here to tell you how how to think to the end of the clip where they say something that totally disagrees with what was said at the beginning. And people have such short attention spans and are not used to realizing that vocabulary matters, words matter. And people cannot think past their vocabulary. And when you accept the language of this new uh, way of thinking, you have accepted its destination because every definition has a destination built into it.
1: Every definition has a destination built into it. Doc, that is one of the jewels that I have gotten from you that I use everywhere I go, and I tell people I, I do credit it uh, to you. and And let's talk about the definitions now. So we're seeing the changes of definitions. What then is the destination? Uh, Where are, what's the, why the plan? What's in the plan to change the definitions?
3: Okay, what's in the plan is so that people will become totally compliant and will not even hardly realize the loss of their liberty. See, even our freedom-loving organizations in the United States, they talk about freedom, not liberty. And the freedom is the uh, license even to do what's wrong. Freedom is all about me, and it's not about uh, me assuming responsibilities for others or, first of all, for myself. Liberty is the opportunity to do what's right. And with liberty, you have to assume responsibility. Well, that doesn't work for a tyrant. I mean, a tyrant doesn't want people who are self-governing and who want to understand liberty of conscience. A tyrant wants somebody who can't think for themselves and is programmed to relativism. So once you leave the idea that um, there's a plumb line and there's a plumb line of truth, And these are called the immutable laws of the universe. Once you forget that and start believing that all ideas are equal and go into this relativistic world, the world will go into chaos. And that chaos is what the tyrant wants to seize.
1: Wow and folks, uh this is why I sit at her feet and i I listen to what she has to say because she says it in such a succinct way, and it is. Absolutely, so, folks. If you look at the ingredients that have been put into place to bring us to where we are, Doctor, when we look at the young people in our society, we had began begun to see them soften long before uh, this had occurred on our college campuses and in our schools through our educational system. Uh, how long does it take to uh, put these young people on a course? where this is this is who they are Uh, you you did you mention you mentioned three weeks or but it's taken much longer than that to change the direction has it not talk to us about that
3: well we're in generations right now we're going back to the 1960s with the culture war and uh the um, change of morals And then you have to go back educationally, and we don't have time to do a whole lesson about Benjamin Bloom. But Benjamin Bloom uh, was a progressive educator whose books and methods – and I'm going to put an emphasis on methods. It's not about content. It's about the method. And our and I want to drop in here now that many people are awakening to, to homeschooling or considering homeschooling. And if you're going to homeschool, it's not just the content of the curriculum. It's the methodology. And they, you will have to tune in for more on my webinars or things to understand that. But what has happened over the generations is – People have been programmed to think a certain way, and that's done through the language and then through the methodology of getting everybody to go through the same process. And one of the biggest losses in this whole thing is thinking from cause to effect. And so one of the ways to restore liberty is to teach people once again to consider what are the consequences of this idea. So socialism sounds great until you realize that it's never worked. So if I'm coming to hire you and I want to hire a great salesperson and I say wow you're so wonderful I want to hire you to promote my product now it's never ever worked no one's been able to figure out how it works everybody hates the product after they get it and wants rid of it but for a while you can make a lot of money selling it do you want to come do that
1: oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And, Doc, that's a great way to, that's a great way to say it. I mean, you know, because you've made the money now, and so what, who cares what happens to the people uh, after that? And that's exactly what you see in Cuba and, and places like that, folks. That's exactly what you're seeing. My guest is Dr. Marlene McMillan. Doc, I want you to stay with me through the break. But before we go to break, Doc, got about four minutes left in this segment. Tell everybody about uh, the fabulous webinar Uh, Let's let's promote your product here, that fabulous webinar called Why Liberty Matters. Tell us about it.
3: Okay. well, every Wednesday night we have thinking people from around the world who gather together and we do it in a webinar format because I have a lot of slides I want people to see. And I really want you to learn to think and reason. So we, you find out about this at y, that's why that's w h y Matters dot com. And you put in your first name and email, and you'll get back a, web, uh, a welcome. But it kind of says, are you sure you want to communicate with these people? And you have to respond. And once you say yes, you get a real welcome, and you find out how to sign up for the webinars. And we have books and materials and recordings of past webinars and a massive amount of materials. So we have handouts that explain things. We come and do live events. But if people will really look for especially one book, and that book is called Mountains of Deceit. And when folks first get this book, now, I'll I'll tell you now, it took me 20 years to write it. And if you have 20 years to figure it all out, then go for it. Otherwise, you pay $20 and you get the book. And the book is a language course in some ways but it's like your own book it becomes a an individual book for every person because every person's history and story and the things that have happened to them is different so this book is written to explain to you why did that person make you agree to their words why would they not accept you unless you spoke a certain way And it lays out the way this dialectic process, this language of deceit, is used in different areas of culture. So you get to find out about religion and the environment and government and law, business, media, all these different things, economics. It has a family section and it has an education section and a lot of material for teachers about education and about methods, and so the book, uh, there's nothing else like it, I don't say that because I'm the author, because it's really true, there isn't any other book like it, and if you can only get one book, that's the one you get, if you can get everything, then do, and you will find that getting plugged into who are really thinking on a different plane. See, if you want different results, you have to change your thinking. You have to change who you hang around with. And right now there's an awakening going on that our past thinking has not prepared us for the future. And what I'm teaching will help you face your future in a way where you're not a victim, but you can be a victor.
1: Mountains of Deceit is the book Why Liberty Matters is the webinar. My special guest is my friend, Dr. Marlene McMillan. And we're going to continue with that dialectic process that's contained, explained, and contained in the book Mountains of Deceit. I want to know, and I'm going to ask Dr. McMillan when we come back, when did this mountain of deceit begin to evolve? When did it push its way up From the ground into the lofty heights that we are seeing this deceit reach at this present time. I'm C.L. This is The C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on The C.L. Bryant Show. And... uh, Hey, don't you go anywhere. We're going to return with Dr. Marlene McMillan. And if you are traveling through Times Square, look up above Iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. And the Red State Talk billboard will display the C.L. Bryant show every hour, 24 hours a day. I'll be right back. thought I was worth saving.
0: So you came and changed my life. So you clean me up inside you thought I was for.
2: So you Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying Alexa play Red State Talk Radio
3: Red State Talk
0: Radio on TuneIn
1: do the best I can, always in the helping hand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge every hour, every two hours uh, to conversation. My special guest this hour has been Dr. Marlene MacMillan, who is the president, founder of the webinar every Wednesday night, Why Liberty Matters. She is the author of the amazing book Mountains of Deceit and that's where we want to continue our conversation right now and again dr. Marlene's going to tell you before she leaves us today uh, how to get in touch with her and how to bring her to a place near you and how you can engage uh, with the webinar uh, why liberty matters doctor when I left uh, Marlene when I left we were we were saying this we were saying this I ask you this question that if in fact you you come to a place where a mountain has uh, been formed, It it just didn't start off, I don't think, maybe as a mountain unless God created it that way. But when you're talking about these types of things that have political implications, let me ask you, where does where did this mountain of deceit have its genesis?
3: Well, we could go way back to the garden, uh, but let's moving forward, let's come up to the 1920s and 30s with what's called the Frankfurt School. Now, I want to caution everybody, you need to know enough of what went wrong and how things happened to understand their magnitude, but you don't want to study the evil. To a point where it consumes you and you become part of the problem and not part of the solution. So, what CL is asking me for here is how do we go forward so that we have, we're sure footed and we know how to move into the future? And so, you do have to understand from the past, but a lot of people study history and never learn its lessons. And that's really tragic. So when you look up the Frankfurt School and look up these thinkers that strategically were placed in strategic universities around the United States so that they could change the center of whether it be education or whatever, Uh, it was mostly education and psychology, but so they would train up the next generation of professors, and who would then train teachers, who would go out, and the teachers unwittingly would go out and promote these ideas. Well, now we're so far along that all teachers have been trained in this, so even our Christian curriculum, the church training curriculum, and anything that is almost all homeschool curriculum, except for a very few, have all been written by people trained in this dialectic process. So I have some materials about social engineering that I would love to make available to people. And what I want you to learn to listen for is the way other people speak but the way you speak yourself because you have to see this in yourself first so the is and not we call it the language of is and not so it either is or it isn't it's right or it's wrong it's truth or it's a lie well that kind of thinking has almost been wiped away from our culture And then in order to move us toward a relativistic consensus building, all all ideas are equal. Oh, yes, all ideas are equal, except those ideas that say that some things are right and some things are wrong, that some things are true and some things aren't. So to move us along that way, we had to go through a time of using a language of questioning. So maybe, could it be confusion?
1: You know, Doc, when you um, was mentioning uh, is and not, the language of is and not, it took me back to uh, a moment in time when I was arguing with my girl cousin in our grandmother's kitchen, I was saying "is so," she was saying "is not." I is so, <laughs> is not, and that was way back in the day. But there was truth in one of us, but there was not truth in both of us. And 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 and, and so that's what that's what she's saying to us, folks. That there's truth in, in, in some of th- in, in one of this, but it can't be truth in all. Of of this okay and, and so doc is that the approach that uh, they've wiped out of the american mindset is so is not well talk to us
3: well you remember uh now we have so many people who have to be uh have explained to them about bill clinton saying it all depends on what is it but whoever defines is defines the Outcome determines the outcome of whatever the situation is. The thing is that Yahweh has already determined what is it. Now, George Orwell said in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. But what I'm finding is not just telling the truth, it's getting someone who wants to hear the truth. Because you can't do anything with it. You know, you can have somebody telling the truth. But what is important folks is that we become people who want to hear the truth and that can be very very painful
1: in a time of deceit telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act and and when we look at uh, the deception and and dr shed light on the tool that's used through the media to uh, create a situation where telling the truth becomes revolutionary—is it the media that creates that type of environment? How does that happen?
3: Okay, well, uh, another great quote from Machiavelli in *The Prince*, and he said, "Never attempt to win by force what can be won by deception." I have an article about social engineering, and in there I explain how language is used for deceit. And what you have going on is that you'll hear terms like uh, mind control, behavior modification, values clarification. You'll hear these words that very few people understand, and you don't have to know all the vocabulary to realize that if you're not a truth lover— The deceivers love deceit, and they love getting you to believe that you thought of the idea yourself. So this is done very subtly, but it's mostly done through you coming into agreement with their definitions. Wow. So if we accept their definition, remember, we're accepting the destination where that definition will take us. In fact, one more point here is that definitions are like mini contracts. So when you agree with the definition, you've agreed with in essence a contract to the thinking that's behind that definition.
1: Wow. Is that why we have this derangement syndrome going on surrounding Donald John Trump? Is because so many people have bought into a definition of who he is. Not <laughs>
3: Well, it's done through groupthink. It's done to make people want to be part of the group and have the approval of the group more than standing on truth. This is why children now in school, very young, have all these group projects. They have all these group grades which I I absolutely hated when I was in school. We had very few group projects, but I figured out real young that Marlene did all the work and everybody else got the A. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, my point is that this group think has conditioned people to – want to think like everybody else even polls and surveys are used to manipulate people and make them think that they believe this when the way the poll or survey is worded you can predict how the people are going to respond? Sure. Then they, yeah. Then they come back and say ninety percent of Americans believe that whatever, yeah. you know, dislike the president, whatever they say.
1: Well, wow, let and- me let me ask you this, Doc. Running out of time. I've got about four four minutes left, or at least I want you to tell us again how to get in touch with you, how to bring you to a, a city church, synagogue near uh, us, and uh, how to engage the webinar. Tell us one more time.
3: Okay, you reach me through Y, that's W-H-Y, com, And in order to find out about our webinars, you have to enter your first name and the email, your best email address. And then when you get a response back, you have to respond to that. Then you'll find out how to get on the webinars. Come and join us. They're uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh but we have people stay up half the night in other parts of the world or get up real early in the morning or whatever. And um, right now, I will say we're starting a little bit earlier because of the massive use of the Internet to make sure everybody you know can get on. And then you also can write to us at contact. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T at WhyLibertyMatters.com, but you have to have signed up in order for our system to respond.
1: Doc, you know I love having you on. It's great uh, talking to you again. I certainly hope that you're remaining safe, and uh, I pray God's blessings upon you, your ministry, and your mission uh, here in our great nation. Thank you for your friendship. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Again, thank you, Dr. Marlene McMillan, for being my special guest today. Thank you.
3: Blessings
1: stall, all. Thank you. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was my good friend, Dr. Marlene McMillan, who was uh, on with me. I just love, love, love to um, uh, engage her in conversation. Um, and she, you know, I, when you talk about wanting to be fair and balanced, You're talking about me. Yeah, and I know I'm going to tell you my opinion, but I'm also going to uh, tell you what uh, may be false about Maybe not false, but but, uh, weak about my opinion in some cases, too. Because every every opinion, every coin has two sides to it. I just happen to think that I'm standing on the firmest ground. And evidently so. And um, I'm convinced of that. And so... Um, this is where you don't have to agree with me uh, but we have to talk about it we must talk about this and we're going to and so uh, friends don't go anywhere because uh, stay with me through the break I have coming up after the break a Dr. Dennis uh, Durrell Durrell and um he is um, going to share with us about a newly, a newly FDA approved drug. And uh, of course, all of us have our ears to the ground right now looking for anything, just about anything that will restore us to what we know as normal. Are you hearing me winning the game of modern medicine? will be back with its author, Dr. Dennis Durrell, uh, your healthcare playbook, winning the game of modern medicine. Dennis Duriel will be my guest when I return with more of the C. L. Bryant show coast to coast border to border around the globe. Don't go anywhere. Back with Dr. Dennis Durial.
0: I'm just a on this road.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And uh, it is my uh, absolute privilege to be with you here these last uh, Uh, Four and a half years over Red State, Red State Talk, four years over Red State Talk Radio. If you're traveling through... Times Square, be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard, and every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up on the big screen right there in Times Square, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at ya, about a block away from where we dropped the big ball, hey, glad that Your spirits are still high in the midst of everything that could pull them down. I wanted to bring on today someone who could speak to us uh, um, well, thoroughly, about what is truly going on. And Michelle, my uh, crack executive uh, producer, found for us just that person. He is the eminent doctor uh, who has written a book that I believe all of us should find and absorb. It is called Your Healthcare Playbook, Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. Help me welcome to the show for the first time, Dr. Dennis Duriel. I believe that's the right pronunciation of his name. Thank you so much for being there. How are you, friend?
4: I'm doing great. Thanks, CL. And
1: is that the correct pronunciation of your name?
4: It's Durrell. Durrell? It's Durrell. You were trying to make it a little French. It's just a realm.
1: Yeah. Down in Louisiana, that might be a little, uh, you might be related to some of the folks there. Listen, Doc, I want to <laughs> ask you this uh, question to kick it off. Are we getting an accurate picture of what we are facing and what's truly going on? What's left out of the conversation from your point of view when the American people are spoken to about this uh, situation?
4: Well, you know, I think that we're getting caught up in this idea of whether it's deadlier than the flu or not, and if it it seems like epidemiologists are afraid of any number that gets close to that because then behaviorally, we would say, well, it's like the flu. It's like 2017 when we had 80,000 people die, and what's the big deal? And so because of that, as we get more data that shows more people have had it, which is what I've been saying, then it necessarily brings that case fatality rate down. And as you keep bringing it down from 1% to 0.8, to 0.7, to 0.37, which was shown in Germany, now people are worried, oh my gosh, well, it's three times the flu. We've got to, we can't message that. And so my feeling is that let's just agree it's deadlier than the flu. Let's agree that it's very infectious. Um, But let's not get in a debate about worrying about scaring people or not scaring them. Let's just tell the facts.
1: Scaring them or not scaring them. Let's just tell them the facts. Doc, when we look at your book, uh, The Playbook, when we talk about uh, winning, winning the game of modern medicine, it indicates that... There's a game to be won and lost. How do we appear on that scale at this point? Are we winning, losing? Talk to us.
4: Well, you know, I think in the big picture, we're winning. I think when you look at a city like San Francisco uh, and you have 30 deaths, uh, I think that's a win. When you look at New York City, I agree. Tragically, tragically, many people died. But we never got to some of those curves that we're predicting the entire system would be overwhelmed and that we would be taking people off ventilators and making decisions. We never got there. So in that respect, I think we've won. And I think that getting a a drug now, remdesivir, that has shown the ability to decrease the course of this disease and most likely improve and save lives, I think that is winning. And I think we'll have more of that. And then I think the fact that we're about ready to have a vaccine in the fall on record development of a new kind of vaccine that we've never used, I think that's winning. And so overall, I think we're winning.
1: So sharing that message that you've just shared with us, was that the genesis of the playbook? Talk to us about the genesis. What made you write this?
4: Well, I wrote the playbook. When I read the Affordable Care Act and I realized that healthcare would never be the same. And I thought that I needed to explain it to people. And so football is very popular. Uh, and I decided to look at the NFL and I worked with the NFL on it. And I used the NFL to explain healthcare. And so that was really the genesis of the book.
1: That's it's very interesting the way you approached that. Doc, what would, what must we expect? What would you share with our audience if there was one thing that you would want to leave with our audience, that you'd want to share with our audience from your perspective, what would that be?
4: From my perspective, don't panic. Do not panic. You can keep yourself safe. You need to, if you're in a high-risk group, so if you're over 55, 60 age group, if you have hypertension or cardiovascular disease or diabetes, you probably need to stay isolated longer. I'm recommending that to my mom. If you're going to go out in public, then wear a mask. If you're going to be inside, if you're outside, then it's fine. And make sure and clean your hands, wash your hands, and use sanitizer. And I think if we do those things, then then we're going to be fine.
1: And friends... Hear what the doctor has had to say about that. Now, doctor, uh, I ask uh, a lot of our guests uh, here, and you've been uh, doing this work, you're doing this work uh, very diligently. But when uh, you hang up your spurs, you're sitting on your porch, you're rocking, you're looking off into the sunset, uh, what would you want us to remember about uh, Dr. Dennis Durrell?
4: Wow, that's a question I have not been asked. Um, I would say that what you'd want to know, or I'd like to be remembered as, explaining and communicating complex things like health care and health to as many people as possible so that they can live their longest and highest quality life.
1: And friends, what higher aspiration would any of us want to aspire to Dennis uh, I would definitely look into that name uh, match in New Orleans I don't know if you're related to any of the Durrell's uh, Durrell it's <laughs> is, is pronounced two ways down there and, uh, and so but there's, there's a large family with that very name down that way and man I want to thank you uh, for being on with me where can people get in touch with you how do people bring you to where they are how does that happen
4: Well, follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm putting a lot of information at Dr. Durrell. uh, And I also developed an app called My Doc Replay. It's free. You can get on Apple and Android. And when you go to the hospital, you can't visit any of your relatives. So use my app and ask the doctor if it's okay to record the conversation, just just the summary, and you can share it. For example, my dad lives in Georgia. I can now see what his doctor says because we should share it on a secure app. So go and get MyDoc Replay. It's free, and it's for everyone now.
1: Oh, that sounds really good and very useful, uh, folks. Uh, Be sure to grab that. And, Doc, again, I want to thank you so much for being on with me. Michelle, let's have him on often uh, as we uh, recover from this and begin. Believe me, folks, we can win, and we will be winning uh, in the game of modern medicine. Thanks, Doc, for writing the book, and thanks for being on with me. We'll talk to you real soon.
4: Thanks for what you're doing. I'm happy to join anytime.
1: I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. That was Doctor Durrell. And hey, I got to tell you something, uh, friends. Um, yeah, we're in a we're in a pickle. There's no question about it. But we're coming out of it. And don't believe, don't uh, let yourself believe anyone who tells you we're not. We've beaten worse things as a a, a species. (laughs) As a species, we're pretty tough. We're we're pretty resilient. As a species, we are. But still, there is so much for us to talk about here today. And we're going to uh, get to that um I was saying yesterday that um well not yesterday but it's been, it's been a while back now we we need um we need money and Man, I I almost catapulted myself back 40 years in time to a small Baptist pulpit in the country, my first church in Longview, Texas. Uh, Yeah, and that was perhaps, as a young preacher, my uh, ever-present sermon, We Need Money. (laughs) yeah but america the truth of the matter is we need money we need money and the only way we get money is if you go back to work and do your thing do you helps us all doing you helps us all what you are doing most likely right now Uh, Whether you're driving down the street listening to the radio or, or, you know, in replay or you're listening to the app somewhere at home or your office or whatever, uh, most likely that's not you. That is not you. You know, that's not what your life is about is, is, is sitting around doing what you're doing. And and I thank God for the apps and so forth that we have so that we can uh, reach you wherever you are. But you're probably l- not listening to the show in a normal place where you would be listening to it. It's not you. And so we always um, need money to make thing money, money makes things happen, yeah, the old song Ray, Ray, I think Ray Charles made it famous. Uh, I want some money, and i 'm not talking uh, from a preacher perspective or a politician perspective. I'm not a politician, I am a preacher, but I 'm not a politician. i'm talking from a realistic perspective, Ray was right. you love gives me such a thrill. But love of country, don't pay my bills. I need money. We need money. That's what we want. Yeah. And the only way that America gets money is if we get back to being productive as we have been in the past. And so, so let's go back to work. Let's get, let's get it done. Passing the buck without passing uh, the buck. We need money. Pass the buck to yourself. We need money. Whole lot of money. And hey, the stock market is uh, on the rebound already. And, but as I say to you almost daily, procrastination is the thief of Time. Collar him. Grab him. You, you you gotta collar him and put him under arrest. Procrastination. And, and and friends, when we bring this full circle, we are able to get a good look at ourselves as an American family and you are able to get a good look at yourself as a family unit, ask yourself the question and then answer it earnestly. Don't deceive yourself. Has this situation has this virus brought you closer or has it made you more distant from those you love has it made you yearn to be with them more than um you know since you haven't been able to do it so are you hearing me has it or has has you have it caused you all to actually drift apart and drift away let's you know this is a time right now right now when there's some soul searching that has to go on and 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 right now uh i think is a great time for uh men and women and relationships husband and wives children uh to get with their children and their loved ones and and so forth and, and just see just how strong we are as a family I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the the thing that I hate the most in, in, in all of my life is the loss of my wife, Jane. I hate that more than anything that has ever happened to me in my life. And I've lost my mother and I've lost my father. But um, that was uh, something that you take in stride and you go on. But the loss of a long-term spouse over 40 years, folks... Is absolutely breathtaking. It is, and you you don't know if you're you don't know if you're breathing still. But I am so grateful that in her loss, it has made me realize just how fleeting and short. Our time is. And so with that in mind, uh, I call my, uh, my still existence, my aunts and uncles who I still have alive. I have three of them alive, still with me. Well, um, three aunts and one uncle. I have three aunts and one uncle who's still alive. And I call them because I have realized how final, that death is. So we have an opportunity now, friends, to examine ourselves as an American family, and you have an opportunity to examine what type of family cohesion you have, or you ask yourself: Are you closer together as a family union, unit, or have you seen just how well, you know splintered you truly are? Have you have you seen that? I'm so glad I'm, I'm grateful to God that he has brought my family, even my children and I are closer. They were always very, very tight and close with their mom. Me, I was always traveling or, you know, running around somewhere. And I am so glad that, uh, this has brought me in closer contact with my children and um, I'm, I'm talking about just in conversation. Americans take heart. There is a bright side to this somewhere. There is. And um, me and it's just my nature to look at the glass half full. Uh, I know most of you would um, think that, well, CL uh, introverts usually, I mean, extroverts usually do that. Introverts usually look at the glass half empty. Uh, and, and I guess uh, here on the show, I guess I'm an extrovert's extroverts. Extroverts look at the glass half, half full. But my true nature is quiet. I'm very quiet. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an introvert, but I'm much quieter off air than I am on air. But I always look at the glass half full. It's got to be a.
2: high Our hearts are bowing in
1: reverence. CL Back with you on this great day In the USA I want to thank you so much For being there with us As we build this bridge And travel um, this road together Daily Right here on the CL Bryant show um, You know Friends There are a lot of things that are going on right now um, that if you let it, if you allow it, it will rob you of your appetite for the struggle, your struggle, whatever it is. That's why I encourage you: don't be lulled to sleep, don't be lulled into a false sense of um, featherbed landing, because um, government is reaching out to sustain your business and sustain your paychecks. That cannot be sustained. That has to end, and it in an end it will soon. It will end, and we must get back to work. And we have to go back to work with the appetite for success that we had when all of this came down upon us. I want you uh, to... Think about this, because Lord knows, I thank him for allowing me to approach life in this way. It's worked for me, even in the midst of loss, great, great loss. And as I told you before we left in the last segment, I have never experienced the type of pain that I felt when I lost my wife, Jane. Never, never have I felt that type of pain and never i'm going to tell you something folks um, never, 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 never uh, do I want to experience that again but i I thank God that I didn't lose my appetite for life, and I thank him that uh he he gives us even respect and victory in the presence of things that we can consider our enemies that's the word yeah he's prepared the table uh, before us in the presence of our enemies we've gotten success we've gotten victory uh, we've gotten respect in the presence of our enemies america don't be lied to about this thing going forward I had on the show with me uh, earlier in the, in the first hour, Dr. Marlene Mech and Dr. Marlene tells us about a dialectic process that has been used certainly in America. Um, since the 20s in our educational system i want to bring her back michelle i want to get her back uh, soon so that we can talk about the frankfurt school you can um uh, school of thought the frankfurt school you can google that and you can see that a, a school of thought Frank, beginning in frankfurt germany they were um you know progressives you know liberals uh, not in the classic sense, they had gotten radical. But it sounded so good that it created a movement. And that movement was run out. I think it's by Hitler. I'm pretty sure it's by Hitler. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And they came to New York, to America. And I, I think it's Columbia. I'm pretty sure it's Columbia university is where the frankfurt school of thought basically took up resident residence and the tentacles of liberalism spread throughout america from there i have friends who have been educated at columbia and uh, even though we're At our core, diametrically in disagreement, the conversations are always very interesting and worthy because we're so diametrically opposed in our school of thought. But the conversation is interesting, and that's the next point that I want to make, even though we don't want to lose our appetite for life And living our lives to its fullest and achieving our goals. Because you cannot achieve your goals doing what you're doing, what we're doing now. We must get our lives back. But we also uh, must understand that we cannot stop having rational conversation. Now, you can believe this or not. You know, have it your have it your way. You can, you can believe it or not. But um, every time, most of the time, I won't say every time; that'd be an exaggeration. But most of the time, that uh, we try and have rational conversation with the other side, it turns into a show that none of us really want to see. Yeah. Because we start getting into personalities. And folks, it is time right now for us to um, do something different. now. And, 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 and let me tell you why. Check this out. And you know that uh, this has to... If they want to keep Joe, if they want to keep Joe, and it looks like they just might want to keep Joe, then they're going to have to bring somebody to this ticket that is dynamic enough to make Joe interesting, or at least the ticket interesting. And right now, Obama, Michelle Obama's name is being batted about as running as his VP. Now, you've got to know something. You've got to know this, that the gig, the jig is definitely going to be up, the cover's are going to be blown back, if, in fact, this happens. Well, you know, Kennedy's tried to do it. The Bushes did it. Biden would have liked to have done it. That was the plan. That was the plan for Bo Biden. Yeah. The Obamas, I don't know if Michelle's game for that. It would be an incredible shot in the arm for a failing campaign. It would uh, lend to uh, the Democrats what they need more than anything else. Someone to take our eyes off of Joe Biden. It must be that Mario Cuomo, if uh, Michelle, as is being batted about, is seriously considering this, must be that, that uh, Andrew Cuomo has definitively said no. <laughs> uh, and not under any circumstance. Andrew Cuomo must have said no. Not under any circumstance. So, They want you to continue to have interest in the party. So even if Michelle is saying that there is no way, no how that she would run on the ticket with Joe. That would be I mean, listen, he would embarrass her inevitably. Listen, it's it's almost tempting to, to hope that she does it because he inevitably would embarrass her. There would inevitably be a rift. He would gaff it up. There's no question about that. So I'm almost tempted to to hope that that actually happens because it would be such a strain. It would be such a strain. (laughs) Michelle Obama. Biden-Obama, this time around, the script is flipped. Wow. Not yet, but they're thinking about it. They're thinking that's the only weapon that they have left in the arsenal since the Russian collusion and the impeachment hearings and the president of the uh Ukraine uh I mean not the Ukraine but uh Iran uh, uh, Afghanistan conversation uh, the president of Ukraine none of it has worked it has all failed so the only are the only weapon that they have left in their arsenal to build around, to pray that some money would come into the party again, to corral the black vote that is slip sliding away from them and threatening to stay home. Listen, even if the black vote doesn't vote for Donald Trump, if they don't come out to vote for Biden, Game over. But it does appear that there is a huge, huge chunk of that black vote that's going to go again, even above the 8%, again for DJT. The Dems feel they must do something to stem, to staunch the bleeding. Trump's going to cakewalk this thing, especially if the economy continues to uh, recover, and it will, then um, he'll cakewalk it. But don't take it for granted now. But, But if this continues, the way it's beginning to recover, he'll cakewalk it. If Biden doesn't get someone dynamic, to run on the ticket with him. And Michelle Obama is currently being bantied about. And uh, you let the progressive news media talk about it, she may be looking at it with a smile on her face. <laughs> and, uh, it kind of reminds me of, though, um, of <laughs> um... Why I don't think Barack should have had Hillary Hillary at his vice presidential pick either, because uh, why would you put Michelle Obama right behind you to uh, one heartbeat away from being president of the United States, which would put Barack back in the White House? (laughs) Oh, Joe, don't you be no fool. (laughs) Joe, Joe, Uh, Mr. Biden, Mr. Vice President, uh, Senator Biden, don't you be no fool and uh, choose Michelle Obama to be just one heartbeat away from the presidency of the United States. Of course, that may be all in the master plan that Joe and the Dems have. It may all be in the plan. I know one thing. You best beware of what's going on here. Buyer, beware of what's going on here. Because there is a method to the madness that you see beginning to take shape. All right. Um, when will sports? Listen, i mean, you know I'm a sports fan, right? Gotta have it. Um, ESPN uh, fans want um, sports back. I know I do. Without uh, spectators in the sand in the stands, you guys get yourself uh, all tested up and get back out on the court. You don't have to have sp- spectators in the stands to for us to see basketball on the court. Huh? Come on now. Let's let's get to, let's get some some action going. Let's get some sports. Let's get some competition going. You guys get tested up, check for fevers, what have you, and uh, let's get back out there and let's start playing some ball. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna take us still another week or so to get back on on track. Maybe even another month or two to get back on track. Y'all can at least. Play ball, baseball. Hey, use the spacing in the dugout. Uh, whatever it takes. Let's let's start. Let's start slapping that ball over the fence again. Come on, let's get something done here. If we, if, if you guys will, you know, if you guys will get it, get it on, on on track. You know what? You can actually lead the way to making us all feel better about wanting to get back into the groove. So let's let's uh, let these. um, I hope they work that out real soon. Now. Looks like eventually. General Michael Flynn. I believe General Michael Flynn is going to be a very wealthy man. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a year, two years from now. Uh, But I have a feeling General Michael Flynn is going to be a very wealthy man once he gets through suing the pants off of individuals and organizations because it now appears that the uh, prosecutor lied to the judge. And when we come back after the break, I want to talk about this because, hey, if it can happen to Flynn for the reason that this happened to Flynn, why you should be concerned is because, friends, it can happen to you. I don't care what your political stripe is. If this can happen to Flynn and the way this happened to Flynn, then it surely can happen to you. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me and helping us build a bridge to conversation on controversial topics uh, here in our great land of America as we build the bridge. Uh, thank you so much for being there as we come together to defeat this thing. Uh, we do it by respecting each other, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And in my case, I love the Lord my God. First of all with all my heart, mind and strength. Then I in loving him can't help but love my neighbor. That's the attitude that's gonna bring us out of this, folks. Let's do it together. I'll be back home stretch. CL Bryant show today. Don't go anywhere. Be right back at ya. You thought I was worth saving.
0: So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth leaving. So
1: you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for.
2: So you sacrificed Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio.
1: God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand.
0: And for the flag I stand.
1: CL, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is... America. Thank each and every one of you for coming along with us, helping us build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant show on this great day in the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, I was saying to you in the um, last uh, segment there as we left you, General Michael Flynn He is going to be a wealthy man. Not too many days hence. (laughs) Maybe a year, maybe two, but uh, he's going to be a very wealthy man because it appears that the prosecutor um, may have lied to the judge in the this Flynn case, which of course will um, hasten the time when Flynn can be exonerated, there won't be any need for uh, the president to pardon him. He'll be totally this thing will be thrown away. He'll be exonerated, uh, but he needs to be his, his life needs to be restored monetarily at least. You can't uh, restore the humiliation. You can't. You can't restore that. You can't. They, there's nothing. But it, it, there's some punitive things that can be done to make that humiliation that he felt feel better. So I'm feeling that he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna cash in on this. The uh, revelations that the FBI might have tried to entrap. That's a. That's an important word to to hear. They may have tried to entrap retired General Michael Flynn as part of the Russia investigation against President Trump uh, could indicate that a Justice Department prosecutor did not comply with a judge's order regarding which evidence is produced. Days after FBI documents pertaining to the Flynn case were released and showed that Agents discuss forcing him to lie. Stop right there. You, I know that some of you out there, you critics of you know the administration, and of course, whatever may uh, be you know, exonerating to um, the, the narrative that, um, that would strengthen the narrative that this is all a setup against this president because they don't like his personality. The works he's done is, is spoken for themselves. We've, we've been more prosperous in those three and a half years. You may not like his personality, the way he speaks, but you're, you're a bold-faced liar. If you're thinking that somehow uh, we have suffered under this administration as a country financially, and you certainly cannot blame the coronavirus on Trump. That's nothing to do with, with his policies. And so you try to say, well, he didn't act soon enough. Nobody could have done it any better. Nobody, with the information he he gotten, he had gotten, nobody could have acted any better. But if they can do this to Flynn, they can do this to you. And so, what did they do to Flynn? They tried to force him to lie. They forced him to lie. You may say, how does a person, can't nobody force me to lie? Yeah, they do. They lie. Yeah, they do. Force you to lie. Force you to lie all the time. All kinds of ways. Black folks who uh, go to church on Sunday and go to the poll on Tuesday to vote, lie all the time. Either you are who you are at church or you are who you are at the poll. All the time. So a person comes to you and say, hey, look, uh, if you don't cooperate with us, we're going to make sure your son goes to jail. Well, now, this ain't just some guy off the street threatening your son. You can deal with that. This is the FBI. Yeah. This is the FBI. And you know that they have you in their crosshairs because of the post that you've just been appointed to. You know. That, yeah, you did talk to uh, the Russians, but you didn't realize that you were well within your own rights to do that. So you, you actually lie. You, 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 you said what you said to, first of all, protect your son. And secondly, it didn't matter that you told them you didn't talk to him. What in their business? Because you were within your appointed right to speak to whoever you wanted to talk to as far as uh, transition was concerned. You were in a transitionary mode. It was not their business to ask you, did you talk to the Russian ambassador? Especially after they had threatened you with the incarceration of your son. And any one of you out there who's saying I wouldn't, have, I would have told him no lie. Shut up! <laughs> I know you would have. I, I'm not going to give up my family. No way. I'm not going to give them up. I'm not going to give them up. Not going to give up. My son, my son comes to me. Uh, if my, if I knew my son did something, he comes to me and say, Dad. Uh, I need your help Uh, I need to sort this out what yada yada Uh, I don't know about you I don't know how you were raised and maybe I'm uh, not uh, maybe I wasn't raised right but it's worked for me Uh, but um, uh, my father uh, just didn't um, go along with anybody not pulling their weight as far as uh, their own responsibility was concerned. And in his thought pattern that way, it was his responsibility to protect his family. And you come around asking information about any member of our family, my dad would shut you down. Well, I mean, I don't see what, how that's any of your business. He was very direct that way. You know, I've I've seen him do that when somebody asked a question about uh, uh, us, my my mom or me or uh, his sister or brothers or so forth. Dad would shut that down immediately by saying, I don't see how that would be any of your business. Simple as that. And so, America. When it comes to Michael Flynn, he was appointed to be the President's advisor, uh, foreign advisor. It was his job to talk to the Russians. But somehow he may have thought that he did think that he must have stepped out of his own parameters, which he did not. That was not that was not one at one point in time that he was not within his rights, if he told the FBI that he had not talked to the Russians, it wasn't their business that he did. He couldn't lie to them because it wasn't their business. And especially after they had told him that they would incarcerate his son if um, he didn't cooperate with them. I'm not going to be surprised if Flynn doesn't walk away a very wealthy, wealthy man. But if they can do it to Flynn, they can do it to you. The agents between themselves showed that they discussed forcing him to lie. So they knew that it was possible, right? The FBI, they know that it's possible to force a person to lie. Hmm? When did you stop beating your wife? I've never beat my wife. Why are you being so defensive? (laughs) I mean, I mean, come on, folks. Any of us can be led down a path to be to appear to be misleading, or law wrong, or lying. Any of us, anybody can anybody can be put in that situation, and they the FBI, the most powerful investigation bureau in the world. Our people. Not, I'm not talking about our, our people out in the field now. Our people in the field uh, now. I'm, all of them may aspire to be up there in the top office, but uh, I know former and current FBI agents have a good buddy uh, Jonathan Gilliam is on the show with me all the time Uh, he's a a special agent and folks those are some great guys but what had run amok in this situation is that people like Comey had created a culture where folks like Peter Sprock struck uh, felt that they were absolute. And so nothing worked against bringing this president down. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. And so they're going to try and Run Michelle? They like to run Michelle. Well, I think that's just to have us looking somewhere else. I don't think, but why would Michelle? How, how is, would being vice president on a ticket with Joe Biden? How can that be your best life? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, that cannot be an Oprah moment. Oprah, Oprah needs to talk to her. That, that cannot be a best life thing For Michelle Obama So it's just a play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it off as a ruse for now could become real Who knows Well folks um, um, I certainly thank you For coming along with me tomorrow Dr. Kia Ellison will be on with me uh, She uh, has been on with me so many times In the midst of suicide and depression And anxiety That's uh, happening in our nation now. Uh, A professional like Dr. Ellison. uh, Need to speak to you. Uh, She need to speak to the American psyche and soul. And that's what she does so well. Gonna have her on with me. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. You're always a day. Away. I want to thank God. For bringing us yet the close of yet another day here on the show and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds and until I'm able to talk to you again my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep you all
0: This room, boys, I'm just a pilgrim on this room.